Hi, I'm Jenny Owens with the Health Data Ethics Podcast, and today I wanted to talk about security for Internet of Things when those things are medical devices. But first, I wanted to take you back and discuss a conversation that happened in my own household, not about medical devices, but about smart speakers. Smart speakers, smart doorbells, smart thermometers, smart outlet uh, plug-ins so that we can control the lights. We've had this discussion in our household about where is the value in these devices that are intended to make life easier for us. In order to have a smart speaker in the house, we wanted to think about what are the possible security concerns with having a smart speaker in the house? Can we safeguard this so that it is not able to be connected to by devices outside our family? Can we make sure that it is only listening to the things that we want it to listen to, that it is only retaining the information that we want it to retain? And how do we make sure that we're not, for example, exposing all of our Bluetooth speakers to the radio that is being broadcast by any passerby? I'm no, I'm thinking exactly here about the time when I went to the car, turned on the car. It was still paired with my husband's phone. And I got the very loud at top volume podcast that he was listening to right in the middle of the episode, which was a bit surprising. So all of these things are considerations when you're thinking about security of the internet of things. You want to make sure that it can only be accessed by the people who need to access it. You want to make sure that it is only accessible by the people in an appropriate geographical range. There's no reason for me to be a, there's no reason for anybody outside of my immediate family unit or even outside the house to be able to access a smart speaker in the house when we're not there. That just doesn't make any sense. And the reason why this is on my mind is because back in 2019, um, the Department of Homeland Security actually flagged a medical device as a security risk, which was really fascinating. So this was an implantable defibrillator. It was a, a product that gets in, implanted to shock your heart back into an appropriate rhythm. And it had a weakness. So although it was locked down geographically, you can only access the device and communicate with it when you were in an appropriate medical office. Once you were in that appropriate medical office and you were within that geographical reach, you were basically able to communicate freely with the device. So if I were a hacker and I were sitting in a hospital system, and if I were reasonably savvy about implantable cardiac devices and about medical devices in general, and if I were motivated, I might have been able to access somebody's implantable defibrillator without their permission or without their knowledge. So this is a this is really interesting, right? This is very uh, very sensitive and very complicated because you can imagine a world in which your medical devices are in fact a security risk. So you might want to think about, for example, what happens if your insulin pump is hacked. What happens if you have malware or ransomware installed on your defibrillator if you have to pay a ransom in order to make sure that your, your device is going to continue to work? So in 2021, the National Institute of Science and Technology actually put out a directive for some guidance on how to think about security. Um, they wanted to make sure that cybersecurity capabilities on devices are labeled so that it's very clear how this device can and cannot be accessed. And they laid out some really interesting parameters for this. They wanted to make sure that their security protocol or their security program encouraged innovation so that you did not get locked into an antiquated way of communicating with the device simply because that's what the security protocol called for. 
they wanted to make sure that the security protocol would be practical and not be burdensome, which is a real consideration when it comes to um, medical technology security in general. So often we have these things locked down so incredibly tightly that to communicate becomes very burdensome. And here I am thinking specifically about the use of fax machines to transmit medical information because, for example, email is not secure. Um, NIST also wanted to make sure that any cybersecurity capabilities were actually usable so that you do, that the end user was involved in the design because a lot of people who have medical devices are not, in fact, healthcare providers, uh, IT professionals. They're not maybe not as familiar with all the ins and outs of cybersecurity protocols. Also wanted to make sure that they allowed for a diversity of approaches so that we didn't all get locked into a single security protocol, which would render it vulnerable to lots of other exploits. I do want to say that having a security exploit noted about your medical device, this is not necessarily a good reason not to get a medical device, right? When you're thinking about this morally, when you're thinking about this ethically, you want to make sure that you're balancing the harms of having the device against the harms of not having the device. So in our defibrillator example, you know, you would be balancing the harms of continuing to have an irregular heartbeat and possibly setting yourself up for a cardiac event with the risk of having surgery to implant the device and the knowledge that you are going to be going back to a doctor for regular care and upgrade and maintenance. And some of that may also involve a bit of a security risk. So you know, these are the things you think about when you think about, are, are, is the FDA going to approve a medical device? These were the same factors that we weighed when we were thinking about whether to get a smart speaker for our household. Do we want to weigh the risks of having it versus the risks of not having it? For something like a defibrillator, that seems like a pretty no-brainer discussion. It's a maybe a different discussion when you're talking about something like Neuralink, which would allow you the ability to communicate with your phone more easily. Something to bear in mind as we're thinking about these kind of innovations.